0: In a world
1: called Craig's List. I believe in America. America has made my fortune. And I raised my daughter, Carla, in the American fashion. I gave her freedom, but I taught her never to dishonor her family. She found a boyfriend, not an Italian, a Polak. She went to the movies with him. So many movies. She stayed out late. I didn't protest. Three and a half years ago, he asked her to do a podcast. <laughs> he made her drink whiskey and then made her... Drink. <laughs> it's not a good idea to make Carla drink whiskey. <laughs> and then made her watch 100 movies. She resisted. She kept her honor. She did not watch all 100 movies. Before this podcast, Carla loved movies. <laughs> now she will never love movies again.
2: And for
3: this, you come to me on a day my Nevada's <laughs> wedding. You don't treat me like
4: a friend. Uh,
1: please, please, Don, what, what, how, how can you help me? Uh, if you come to my house prior... And uh, break bread with me and, and uh, treat me like a.
2: Why are you so disrespectful? How
1: can we I'm punish, sick. how can we punish this Polak?
2: <laughs> well, uh, I'm happy. You got a name and an
1: address? <laughs> yes, he's Craig uh, It's uh, a very alliterative name. It kind no, of no, rolls I right know. off the tongue. I know, yes, please. <laughs> oh, you do? Yes. <laughs> I have my fingers in many pies. <laughs> okay, is that your cat, by the way?
2: Take the cat. <laughs> Does he hand the cat to Tom Brady?
0: <laughs> Hello. Hello, Craig's listeners. Uh it's uh we're making you a podcast you cannot refuse. <laughs> nice. This is episode ninety-nine on Craigslist. We're all the way up to number two. 99. The big number two. If
4: if there was whiskey involved in every episode, that would have been a totally different podcast.
0: It, yes, it would have, because aren't you an angry whiskey drunk?
4: Yes, I'm so, I become very angry and upset when I drink whiskey. It doesn't happen that often. <laughs> fortunately for everyone.
2: And also I think there's enough anger already. In the
4: yeah, there's a, there's a lot of anger, an undercurrent of anger.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we are so excited to, uh, to be here, uh, in, in Los Angeles, recording our penultimate episode, our second yeah. to last. And what a special guest. Do we have you've also, already gotten just a little taste <laughs> of him, uh but we'll give you a full meal of a actor prefi writer director uh-huh. uh podcast host sure comic please impressionist i mean author sure. <laughs> Of his own autobiography. I mean, you left out the award winning part, but.
4: Award winning? Two
0: time SAG Award winner. I can see the SAG Awards right here from where I stand. I swear they're always there. I,
4: I, cat, just. cat owner?
0: Cat owner? If I may. That's right. Multiple. <laughs> uh, for his role as Moisha Mazel on sure. the marvelous Mrs. Mazel. Uh, please welcome Kevin Pollock. Please be seated. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everyone. An honest to gosh
2: movie star. As it were. Well, my That's mother. True. My mother certainly thinks so. Aww. Yes. There's you have ways.
0: starred in movies? Uh, technically, yes. Yes, I have. I've been number one on the call sheet uh, a couple of times. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've had people who have been in movies. <laughs>
2: yeah. And I've done, a f- I've done a number of them. Yes. I don't know the exact number, 91, but I will say that six of them are quite good. 91 that's movies. That's so
4: many, Kevin.
2: According to the internet. Wow. Kevin, I,
4: that's so many.
2: Yeah, but but so here's the thing, if you really want to know. And if you don't, stop me at any time. No, I want to know. <laughs> um, I came from stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. And in stand-up comedy, when you hear there's stage opportunity, the answer is always yes. Mm-hmm. There's a gig. Do you want to do a thing? Yes. <laughs> so once I started acting and I went from auditioning to getting offers that happened after A Few Good Men and I started getting offers starting in 1992... I started saying yes to any opportunity to 40 films in the (laughs) nineties. Yeah. I'm not exaggerating. Jamie often calls me Bojack Horseman (laughs) because I was very big in the nineties. Yeah. You know, and I did ultimately end up saying no to a a number of them also. Um, But yeah, I did come from the world of the answer is yes. When offered something and it's not even a matter of being polite. It's, you you're offering me an opportunity in to work. Yeah. I had been on hundreds of auditions where they not only said no. It felt like they were saying how about anyone but you <laughs> oh. is going to get this. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh so by the time the offers came in I was very ready to be a girl who couldn't say no.
4: Kevin, I know that you're a movie star and I but when you just said a few good minutes I was like, that's right.
2: <laughs>
4: like this happens every so often. It's on
2: every nine minutes. How can you not <laughs> be aware?
4: Well, I just realized a couple months ago that you were in Willow, right?
3: This way! yes, way! which was
4: like such a big part of my childhood, sure. and then and it was like it's connecting the real person in life that I think is really nice and a yeah. cool guy to like. There's somebody photos,
0: who's, photos yeah, on the way out. If amazing. You want to see.
4: Oh, I will, yeah. I will go check
0: them out. But in terms of directors, just Ron Howard and Rob Reiner, those two movies that we mentioned, and Barry Scorsese. Levinson, Martin yeah. Scorsese. Yeah, you've worked yeah. with many of the greats, and you work with every big movie star. It which seems. is why your your book, yes, uh, which is called "How I Slept My Way to the Middle," <laughs> has more good Hollywood stories than I think any of those books that I've ever read just because you've worked with everyone. Thank you. yeah, well, listen. Uh, if you
2: were cool to me, I champion you in the book. and if you were a prick, <laughs> you're also in the book. Right.
4: <laughs> and now today you get to work with the Kakowskis, so. yes,
2: which i which I adore and uh, look forward to immensely, quite yeah. frankly. I listened to uh, several episodes in preparation. Uh, not to suggest I wasn't listening before, but to make it clear <laughs> yes. that I wasn't listening before.
4: Right. Good, good. I'm glad we're clear.
2: <laughs> um, I'd heard about it. Craig, of course, gets an opportunity to mention it yeah. uh, at the end of the Alchemy This recordings, a podcast we do together. And... Um, and the the premise of it made sense to me. I, I, I'm a little shocked I didn't jump right in because the idea that you would force you better have to watch your favorite <laughs> films a hundred of them is 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 a great idea. But a hundred of them is not a great idea. Yeah, it's overkill. Three yeah. and a half years, this took. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: that's good because if you'd crammed it into a shorter time. Well, we were trying to average one a week and get it done in two years, but that just did not happen. No. Good for you.
4: I think the past few months I've been like, I cannot fucking wait until this is over. Sure. Like, I've just had a few angry moments of like, this is really taking too long.
2: Well, also, if I may point out the obvious, this was not your idea. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just
4: really love my husband. Uh,
2: uh, yeah, no, if I were subpoenaed, <laughs> the answer would be yes, honor. <laughs> Your honor, he, she
0: loves him. <laughs> Here's proof. Yeah. Listen to all 100 episodes. <laughs> or just know that this exists. <laughs> but, no, you must listen, no, Your honor. You to, listen. <laughs> <laughs> to hear the marriage slowly deteriorate oh. over three and a half years. Phew. Uh, so Kevin, we've chosen you for the Godfather. Oh, man. And I've done the math. Is it possible that you watched this movie when it was first in theaters? Did of course. You, yeah.
2: Not only did I watch the movie when it was first in theaters in 1972, I was 15. But as a 15-year-old, oh, my goodness, Uh in terms of an education, you know, mm. uh, of what masculinity is. I mean, there's a moment when – when, uh, and I, I don't want to jump ahead – too much, but when James Kahn walks from the dining room into a far, further room to answer a phone call, and he's in just the uh, I don't want to call him what they're called those right. white tank tops. <laughs> sure, <laughs> how did they ever get that horrible name? Um, with the hairy shoulders, but also the, the stride and the way he walks.
0: Is an instant pissing contest.
2: Yeah, (laughs) just by the way he walks. Yeah, yeah.
0: This is pre-Travolta and Saturday Night Fever. You know, this this is masculine swagger compared to this swagger.
2: (laughs) Um, And also, my best friend in the world and I, we read the Godfather book, and page twenty-eight is something we would just say to each other as code. Oh, really? Because page (laughs) twenty-eight is when Sonny, forgive me, is banging the wedding person in the room upstairs sure, the during the wedding the bridesmaid yeah yeah i couldn't remember if she was a bridesmaid i mean she was in an awful dress and that should have been clue number one that yes colonel mustard had given her the bridesmaid opportunity
0: uh yeah so that was page 28 wow did you read the book before seeing the movie after mm-hmm. yeah yeah did yeah. you see it multiple times during its, during its first run oh for sure yeah oh for sure
2: yeah i i was a Uh, film going enthusiast. I saw probably Butch Cassidy and his Sundance Kid with a 11% exaggeration, uh, 17 times in the theater. Mm -hmm.
3: Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I just, I love being in that world, uh, of a film that, that
0: grabbed me and, and wouldn't
2: let go. And I just love going back into that world. And The
0: Godfather was one of those worlds. And things would run for longer back then too. They would run for over a year at your local movie palace yes yes they would right particularly the godfather was uh i believe it premiered in march of 72 which is weird when you think about it because it's such an iconic and oscar level movie but to think that movies came out those movies came out at all times of the year year, rather than all being december releases like they are now right uh but okay so i was 14 uh, not that it matters. <laughs> but I think that movie took over from either Gone with the Wind or Sound of Music as the number one grossing movie of all time, later supplanted by Jaws three years later. But this was a phenomenon, this movie.
2: It was a phenomenon in every way. It made instant stars of the cast as well as the director, who was known but not a star. Um, it was lightning in a bottle, mm. uh, on top of a great script and a great, You know, ensemble and a great director and music was brilliant, cinematographers award winning, all those things. But, um, it really was also lightning in the bottle that all these elements came together perfectly. I'm sure if you know the backstory of how many people auditioned for Michael Carleone, how many people auditioned for, you know, all those parts.
4: Who auditioned? I don't know the backstory. Well,
0: every. Major Every actor name you could think of at the time. Time wanted these parts. Yeah, gotcha. James Caan was cast as Michael at one point. Yeah. And oh, wow. they had another actor who I think I had never heard of was cast as Sonny. Yeah,
2: until they realized, oh no, this is horrible.
0: But Coppola <laughs> was always advocating for Pacino, yeah. uh, who was relatively unknown at the time. I think he had done The Panic in Needle Park. That's right. And uh,
2: diminutive, if I may, as a short person, <laughs> um, <laughs> which flies in the face of power.
0: Yeah. Until you realize
2: all the powerful men and dictators throughout time were mostly short. Yes. (laughs) I mean, the Napoleonic complex is a thing. (laughs) Um, so, yeah. And, and, oh, God, just, just the attention to detail in the film. I watched it yesterday, so it's very fresh for me. And, um, I, I, I got a special, uh, Blu-ray for the occasion. Okay. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I was somewhat surprised that A, I I didn't have a copy of it. B, I just couldn't find the copy of it that I think I have. Um <laughs> I remember I got the three-cassette yeah. remastered in chronological order. Right, the Godfather saga. Saga. Yes. In chronological order, which is to take the first two
0: films – and com- completely rework them.
4: Oh, so they put the De Niro stuff.
0: Yes, yes it starts with Vito Corleone growing That's up in Sicily. Such a strange move. Yeah, <laughs> because in Godfather Part Two, a lot of the charm is the way that they intercut between the the stories and kind of go back and forth. And that charm is gone <laughs> <laughs> in the videotape saga. Yeah.
3: Oh,
4: how interesting.
2: But I do want to share, if I may. Yes, please. Uh Almost as a shout out to the fine folks who made the Blu-ray. And it says Coppola remastered on it. Uh, so I'd like to believe he had a hand in this process. But you know how you pop in a DVD or a Blu-ray and the, there's a screenshot that comes up as a menu. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you shoot, you hit on play or scenes or another third option. The screenshot photo is from the film and it's Don Carleone laying dead in the vineyard. What? Yep. That's the screenshot.
3: That's so weird. Now, now it's
2: from a little bit of a distance, and if you don't know the film, you don't know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's
0: not a spoiler alert, but what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's so weird. There's so many other iconic things yes. they could have gone for. Even just the standard logo of the movie with the puppet master, you know, is is yes. so famous to begin or with. Or the family photo with the wedding. Anything. Yeah. Sure. So Brando in the chair. Any. Pacino in the chair. With the
2: cat. I mean, whatever you want. That's it doesn't really doesn't funny. spoil
0: anything. I just right. started laughing. I looked
2: at. it and I just started laughing. <laughs> I thought, oh, you idiot.
4: Or maybe they just assume that everybody has seen The Godfather.
2: Yes, and they <laughs> wanted that. That's. St- zing
0: yeah
4: remember yeah. this part
0: yeah <laughs> now i'm slightly younger uh so i saw it for the first time in high school on vhs state of the art <laughs> with a group of high school friends i think we had a high school like pizza party to like sit down and watch the godfather wow. so it was already kind of like iconic and entrenched in society at, is this at like this point. late 70s or 80s this would be the mid 80s oh wow when i saw it okay uh but I did not know that that Don Corleone gets shot uh very early on in the movie, forty five minutes in, something like that. Mm. Uh and He doesn't he does, just get shot, he gets assassinated. Yes. Mm-hmm. Unsuccessfully. Yes. But he is assassinated. Yeah. And so I knew of uh, Brando's famous role as the Godfather, I knew of this movie, but I had no idea uh of the plot arc of it, and we were all shocked that sort of like, whoa. He won best actor. How does he get killed <laughs> this soon into the movie that it's just based on that? Uh And then he kind of disappears for almost an hour and kind of resurfaces at the end. But that that was shocking to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, his work in the third act, I, I don't think was the reason he won the Oscar other than the aging process that when we meet him, he's what in his late 50s? I didn't the done? Really, yeah, I didn't really do the math. But I think late, he's late probably 50s, in his early 60s. In his 60s, I would guess. Yeah. Because yeah. at so, and I didn't really do the timeline either to figure out how many years later it is before he he dies. Uh, yeah, and mm-hmm. is spoilers become, <laughs> is becoming a little well, I gave it away in the opening <laughs> screenshot. Um, be, is become sort of doddering Yeah. Yeah. You know, and forgetful. Uh, cuz he doesn't appear to be a man in his 80s he just appears right. to be in um but all, all the uh, makeup tests and everything of what Brando did to to create the don you know mm-hmm. I'm, i don't know if you re- read or you were planned on talking about how the studio was was not in favor of this nonsense that was happening to No the they went in
0: Ernest Borgnine. Yep. Yeah. Who was a, was also a fine actor one for one, Marty wonderful a, one of the great performances of all time.
2: Yes. They just they hadn't thought of the Godfather being Someone who spoke like that or looked like that. Right. Yeah.
0: And Brandon was 47 at the time that they shot the movie. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And he had gone away for a while.
0: Yes. He, his reputation had been slipping, particularly among the studio heads, I'm sure, in the sixties for taking on progressively more weird projects and being more and more difficult on set, which he was already notorious for. But I think movies with Brando were all flops. They were all like running long and they're paying him tons of money for all these flops.
2: Yeah. How many of your listeners do you think know or even have heard that in his youth, he was the Leonardo DiCaprio of his day. (laughs) He was as handsome, if not pretty. Sure. uh, A stunning
0: poster uh, of the movies, as well, a business, we covered Streetcar and On the Waterfront. Uh, also on the list, so we've already uh, discussed this. So the listeners better damn well remember that.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm going to bring a certain amount just for this episode. Uh, so this is an invitation to go back and listen to previous. Episodes. <laughs> I
4: mean, it was like three years ago. So <laughs> it was a while ago. D- d- to d- get ago. out of the archive.
0: But he was a good looking guy.
4: He was. I think that was a theme or something I kept bringing up was <laughs> how. Uh, beautiful Marlon Brando was in both of those films. As
2: a young man, I I think the Leonardo DiCaprio is the best sort of... Comparison, uh, yeah. 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 Suggested analogy. And robust. Yeah. Manly. Yeah. Maybe he's
4: a little more like... Yeah, maybe a little more tough than Leo, but certainly his face has the same kind of boyish prettiness.
2: Yeah. He was... I would say... A young Redford or oh, even yeah, yeah. Paul Newman mm-hmm. was closer to the rough and ridiculously handsome. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a rough uh, edge yeah. to him because, of course, he came out of that. uh, uh Stella. You know, that whole, uh, <laughs> do you see how much pain I'm in? Does everyone see how much mm-hmm. pain I'm in? I needed it to be crystal clear to every person watching
0: how much pain I'm in. Is that yeah. where
4: Wife Beater came from? Here's hoping. The, uh, the, the sh- from Stanley
0: Kowalski. Yeah. I wonder when the term, you know, cause you were just talking about James Conn, you know, and I was almost like, maybe it's cause of James Conn in this movie, but I, he, but he doesn't beat his wife. I if only Carlo does. If only there yes. were a device that would fit in your hand <laughs> that could tell you. There's no way of knowing.
4: Nope. We'll never know. Okay. i <laughs> If I'll look any up of if your you listeners
0: could write in.
4: Yeah. Just tweet us.
0: Please let us, let us know the etymological. Uh, use of wife beater, referring to We might have talked
4: about this, actually. I think we oh, did. Okay.
0: <laughs> and, I and we didn't get an answer then. And I purposely avoided talking about it <laughs> or mentioning it by
2: name. so
4: It's easier for me because I'm a lady.
2: I insist that you're the one who mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. If there's anything I've learned from listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Let Carla mention it. <laughs> it's that Carla is woke.
0: No, <laughs> I got to tell you, woke Carla... Uh, we, she did a show the other night at the Westside Comedy Theater where she is the artistic director. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, the show. nice
4: plug, baby. Thank <laughs> yeah, yeah. you.
0: <laughs> and beloved this, by all. <laughs> instantly. Beloved by all. <laughs> yeah. This show is called, what?
4: Improv Diary.
0: Improv Diary. And you read a diary entry from when you were 18 years old. First of all, you slut shamed one of your friends. I did. And.
4: <laughs> when I was 18. I'm not. I would never do that now.
0: And also, the inspirational quote at the beginning of 18-year-old <laughs> Carla's diary is from uh, a man who's gotten a lot of flack on this podcast, Mr. Woody Allen. So that's who you were inspired by when you were 18 years old. I did
4: in my 18-year-old journal. It was my I was 18. Yes. yes. <laughs> Much older journal now. Uh, it's a Woody Allen quote, and then Emily from our town.
2: <laughs>
0: Genius. Your two biggest inspirations. Yeah. But the screen test you were mentioning, mm-hmm. Brando's screen test, yeah. that's when he stuffed his face with cotton balls, right? That's right. And I think that's so famous that I, I think I was also in the impression that that's what he was doing uh, on screen in the movie too. And I think you even referenced like the cotton balls, but I think that was for the screen test only. He had a dentist create some sort of mouthpiece that he uses as an implant throughout the movie to create that distinct. As someone who, Corleone, as someone who
2: then later impersonated him on stage at gigs and had to shove Kleenex into his jowls. <laughs> uh, I can attest that, yeah, you would definitely benefit from having a dentist make a piece. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Did you
4: swallow some of it?
2: I didn't swallow, but it does break apart pretty fast.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I, there is a quote for me, so I don't want to get into it too much, but I think it's a totally ridiculous choice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it works. I'm not saying it doesn't work, but sure. what a what a crazy person. <laughs> yeah. So, like Decided. I do mean, that. he's
0: a risk taker.
4: Yeah.
3: Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, he's, his, his choices are, were always sort of original and therefore couldn't possibly please a, a, a everyone or even the majority most of the time.
1: Yeah.
0: But particularly in the later scenes, like I buy him as an older man, like yeah. he's not that much older, you know, maybe 15 years older than the guys playing his sons, but I buy it.
2: Yeah. Listen, uh, I'm not a trained actor. I'm just a working one. Uh, mm-hmm. But everything I've ever learned over the last 40 years has always been about make your choices uh more specific at all times. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's true in improv and stand-up in terms of economy of words. It's always about being more specific for an actor, for choices they make. And there are nuances to Marlon Brando's performance in this film uh, from the opening scene.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh At the very end... The opening scene, by the way, tells the amount of exposition that's actually in the opening scene to mm-hmm. make it crystal clear within minutes how this works. It is a slow pushback from a man who's come to the dawn to ask a favor. And that entire scene is about how do you go to the dawn and ask a favor? What not to do? Mm. Don't disrespect him. Make sure you call him godfather. Were right. you his friend? All these rules are given in the guise of a conversation that are brilliantly written and edited in terms of the writing style. There's no words wasted, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And then the the specificity of the movement of Marlon Brando, just the hands and all the gestures, so powerful, down to the moment that they walk the uh, undertaker out of the office and he gives instructions that moment where he just takes a beat to smell the rose on his lapel. The, the delicate nature of a man who s- needs to smell the rose on his lapel. And it's a throwaway. He doesn't make a three-act meal out of it, uh, the smelling of that rose. Yeah. I, I, I'm telling you, uh, it, there are very few lessons from a performance that would be more uh, eventful and impactful than studying Marlon Brando in this film. It really is ridiculous. Jowls aside. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the specific choices he makes as yeah. this character um are are daunting and they stay with you for life.
4: I just to jump on this train for a second. I did really love this scene. I think my favorite scene is when he finds out that Sonny has oh. just been killed and like he knows it's bad news but he's still like being the boss and saying, okay, now, now it's time to tell me. I want he, all the
1: choirs made. Yeah. yeah.
4: But then, well, then he gets the information and he immediately, like the ways that he cries is so.
2: Eyebrows. Beautiful. So like it's
4: really. His lovely. eyebrows are yes, in his, such
2: a way that yeah. is more painful than anything I've ever felt.
4: Yeah. And then he takes his moment to cry and then he immediately becomes in control again. And it's just such a great, like it's a really powerful performance and it's very minimal and specific like you were saying very specific and very moving and he looks super handsome too which is weird (laughs) because he's like been ill but like marlon brando just looks very good in that scene
0: yeah And also the scene where they have to break the news to him that Michael was the one who assassinated Salazzo and and that he's hiding Well, they bring him upstairs in the
2: gurney. It's the first time you're really embracing just how weak this incredibly powerful man is. And he's put into the bed and the kids and the crying and it's all noise and he's back in the house and then they got to break the news to him. And his only reaction is everyone get out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everyone leave me.
0: This is the single most disappointing thing you could have possibly said.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So for a character that ultimately doesn't have that much screen time, uh, he really did deserve the Best Actor uh, award, I think, just because of the, the impact that the character has on the movie. So
4: he got Best Actor or Best Supporting? Well...
0: He was nominated and won for Best Actor. He famously refused the Oscar and oh. sent Sashin Littlefeather, oh, right, 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 a Native American that. actress, to refuse the Oscar on his behalf. Yeah. Pacino yeah. Uh, felt he should have been in the Best Actor category. Was nominated as Best Supporting Actor and did not attend the ceremony.
4: Pacino was like, "I feel like I should have been in the Best Actor category."
0: Yes. All
3: right. Well, good he for was nominated
0: you. for the Globes in the Best Actor category, so I, I think this and was did maybe. Did he win? The I don't Globe? believe he did. No, I think I think Brando won that as well. Uh Duvall and Khan also nominated. So three guys from one movie all nominated for supporting actor.
4: Robert Duvall is like the un- unsung hero in these movies I think. I think he... Was he in the second one? He is. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he's so great.
2: Sonny the Cal and the other family will be outcast.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Even the old man's political <laughs> protection will run for cover. Oh,
4: that's very good Kevin. <laughs> uh,
0: we've just dropped in a clip from The Godfather. We don't normally do that but... <laughs> Actually, having Kevin Pollak here allows us to uh, to play multiple clips from multiple movies. Oh, uh, that's a damn good Duvall. That was uh, very good. <laughs> but yeah, why is Tom Hagen such a a fascinating character in this? He he really is because
4: he's kind of an outsider who is an insider, right?
2: Well, also the introduction of the backstory is very brief and very specific, yeah. and I forgot an aspect of it. Uh, I I knew that he was sort of adopted, right? But they made it clear m- when paying attention or remembering <laughs> that Sonny had found Tom as a kid out on the street, no place to live, and they brought him into the home and gave him a family. Yeah. yeah. I for- just forgot the Sonny connection. Yeah. So it just in terms of their relationship right. and the conflict that occurs later about him not being a wartime concierge and um and how instant way that... James Conn brilliantly plays the anger of that. And then the trend, the, the seamless transition into uh, being apologetic is yeah. just yeah. stunning.
4: Yeah. Cause he loves him
2: because he brother. loves her. Yeah, yeah. And, and he can't control
0: his anger, but he was able to realize at the moment it came out of his mouth.
4: Yeah. Are you going to cry, Craig?
0: I might. <laughs> I just might. Uh, but all those Tom Higgins scenes at Hollywood too, where he's dealing with the studio head. Uh, I wrote down.
2: Oh, so good. <laughs> Here's the problem I had. Uh the film is how long? Three hours? Two hours fifty five minutes. Right. So it took me six hours to watch. Because <laughs> oh, I God. kept stopping. Yeah. Um I kept stopping along the way to make notes. Uh I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing.
3: I think that's great. we do the same
2: thing. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, my notes became so specific i couldn't stop myself <laughs> and i could now explain every scene to a child please let's do that <laughs> the opening shot makes it crystal clear you're watching an important film the opening scene with the undertaker lays out in great detail how one acts in front of the don how to ask for a favor how to not insult him what the don expects from you the way the business is explained Allah, this is how it works is unprecedented in an opening scene,
0: um, and and so on. Yeah. And it's also, it's unusual to s- spend that much time on a monologue for a minor character yeah. that we're only going to see once more briefly, but memorably. Yeah, yeah and,
2: and it continues in terms of the first 25 minutes of this film are extraordinary storytelling bullet points, mm-hmm. because it goes from that redonkulously uh, uh, brilliant, but... Riddled with exposition opening scene to a quick shot that to establish the wedding the Don doesn't want it to take a picture without Michael. Ooh, who's Michael? What's, the, what's, the, yeah. who, who's, he, who's he waiting for? To the feds out in the makeshift parking lot <laughs> writing down license plates. Yeah. Now we mm-hmm. know, oh, that's, that's the kind of family this is. Mm-hmm. They're not just mafia, you know, so it's all about the impact and power of this family and establishing it, first the lead of the family and then all the family elements and, and how instantly annoyed the sunny character is mm-hmm. about anything and everything. Mm-hmm. And how he, he is a heat seeking missile of a sexual being also. Uh, and that little moment that took me a few viewings um, as a kid to realize his wife, um, uh, as he's, he's taken the bridesmaid away from the gathering. Mm-hmm. before page 28 <laughs> <laughs> and the way that Coppola decides to let us see the wife find out is it starts with her using a, a, her hands to explain the size <laughs> of his organ yes. right
4: which you can't hear her say that. Shouldn't You just, say you just know that that's what she's doing. Yeah. You yeah. got
2: to be kind of savvy. I will tell you, as a 14 year old, the first time I saw I didn't know what the hell was happening. Yeah. yeah. I thought she, I, I didn't even think anything. I she's wasn't She's like,
4: basically bragging to her girlfriends, and indeed. they're laughing. And
2: they're laughing. And then she turns around to, to enjoy it even more to look back at him. And he's gone and the bridesmaid is getting up and walking away and we, and then she turns back towards yeah. her friends, but the camera sees her in her painful moment. And oh my God. So those, all those little moments, even as you said, Carla, without dialogues mm-hmm. or, 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 you know, explanation.
0: Those are all deliberate choices that Coppola is making. He's just uh, a fantastic storyteller with images alone, and he'll give you the bare minimum in order to understand it, and you get to piece together everything that's going on.
4: When was the first time you saw Godfather?
0: I think uh, eighty-five or eighty-six. Oh, you said that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, what was was the circumstances? Do you went with pizza party?
4: A pizza party.
0: Yeah, we saw it at somebody's house on VHS with a bunch of high school friends. But,
4: like, was it the guys that you've seen these other movies with? Yes. What were their names?
0: Uh Andrew and... Toby. Toby and Sean. Sean we had on the podcast God, before. I wish there was a Petey
2: in there. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't even know why.
0: <laughs> PG, Petey and, you know, Mumbles. And, yeah, yeah. You
2: know? How about how Sonny smashes the FBI camera, <clears throat> then stops, stares at it, Reaches in and pulls out a few bucks to pay for the damages, but throws the money on the ground (laughs) before he strides off. Yeah. (laughs) Again, from the back, him walking away with that crazy, I'm the toughest son of a bitch you've ever seen
0: walk. Walk. And apparently a couple of those things were James Kahn's ideas. First of all, he surprised the, uh, the extra with the camera by smashing it. Like that was not in right. the script. And then it was also James Kahn's idea to throw the money. Cause he's like, in my neighborhood, if you, you know, broke something, you had to pay for it. So impactful. So, so,
2: funny. so many moments like that, that yeah. are small, brief. Yeah uh and are instantly to me personally unforgettable
4: and because they give so much um history without having to spell out the history right it's like this is this is a window into like this world and these characters lives but we're not going to like sit here and tell it to you we're going to show you through action show me don't tell me yeah
0: well if you've got chronological notes then we might as well go ahead and uh get into carla's quotes She's feeling her oats and Craig's taking notes. Whatever they are, it's Carla's
2: clothes.
0: So we can go uh, all the way through the movie with our uh, impressions as we watched it. By the way, this – I think I mentioned three wins for this movie at the Oscars, uh, picture, actor, and adapted screenplay. It actually wasn't the big winner uh, other than winning best picture. Uh, Cabaret won eight – Wow. That night. So
4: Cabaret's um, great.
0: So where the Cabaret didn't win best picture also
2: after winning 8. Yeah. I guess it won best director. So
0: Fosse won over Coppola for mm-hmm. best director and Liz Benelli and Joel Grey both won for Cabaret as well. Uh Godfather was originally nominated for 11 but they uh, rescinded the sc- score nomination for Nino Rota because he had reused elements of an Italian score that he had written in the 50s Aww. to write that famous Godfather. When did they theme. rescind uh, after the nominations, but before the ceremony. Holy crap. Which is so rare. I guess the, uh, the composers union went back in and re-voted. Yeah, After that information came out and well, sleuth bummer. bumped, uh, Godfather out of it. Well, that. one of the things quickly, let me
2: add to the, uh, Sunny, uh, smashing the camera. Yes. They had just, right before that, showed, um, brazzini we don't know if that's his name yet but another clear important person within an g- italian family at a table at the wedding and if and the wedding photographer not the fbi taking photos a wedding photographer takes a picture that includes him sitting there and he gestures someone and the guy a henchman goes over to the wedding photographer takes the camera away <laughs> from him brings it to brazzini brazzini opens it up it's a polaroid so he just takes out the one plate yeah. Of the one photo that was of him, crumples it up, and then gives the camera back. So they just establish, don't take any fucking pictures of this wedding. Yeah. And then they show how Senna reacts to to the FBI photog, separate from writing down license plates. This guy's got the nerve to take photographs from the edge of the parking area yeah. into the wedding. Mm-hmm. Um
0: and I think the idea is because it's a public event, so the FBI can be there technically on the outskirts. And this is a time where mobsters were not very well known and not even the feds knew who all the players were right. within it. So this is the way to like take pictures and see who's there and begin to put faces to names and everything. I actually
4: thought that Brasini was like a senator or something who was there.
0: As he was sitting and, at the wedding. Yeah. because yeah, we don't know who we didn't is.
4: know. Yeah.
0: I think that's an important thing when you go to Godfather 2 – is that the senator, Geary, is there. Now that the family is more respectable and they own casinos in, in Vegas, you can see how the family has kind of moved up in society because there's a line of like the judges and the the politicians aren't able to be here. Like well, if s- I may, in that yeah. opening scene, before we go outside of that office, one, one piece of exposition
2: that is shared in there is that once the undertaker leaves and Tom Hagen and the, and the Don are able to speak business for a little bit, um, Hagen mentions, Senator so-and-so sends his apologies, he, he couldn't make it. Yeah. Mm. So he, that's instant, within the opening 10 minutes yeah. again, we've also established that. Right. A senator has apologized. <laughs> uh, the power of that is, is unmistakable. Um. Mm-hmm. It really is a 3-hour movie with no fat. Like everything has a purpose. That's the astonishing part. Um I've got my problems with uh Scorsese's latest uh uh sure. uh arguably masterpiece. Um <laughs> because uh there's a a stupefying amount of fat in my opinion. And at some point uh between Pacino, Pesci and De Niro, I also felt Like I was watching three old guys who couldn't find their keys. (laughs) I got them here somewhere. Where are they? I can't find them. It's the Chrysler. McConaughey said get the Uh, Buick." the Lincoln. This fucking guy with the fucking keys over here. (laughs) Unbelievable.
4: This is amazing. We need a
2: video of this. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, there is no fat. It is astonishing that there is no fat in a three-hour film. And I'm I'm, I'm hard pressed and I would go through it scene by scene with anyone who begs to differ to show me where the fat is. Cause I was looking for it. Yeah. yeah. I dialed it up yesterday. It said two hours and 58 seven minutes or whatever. And I said, Oh no, I don't remember being this long. Where's the fat? And there isn't any.
0: Once you start rolling, you just, you just get into it. And I don't think you really think about time. Is that true, Carla? You support, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, mean, we watched it in two chunks. I've
4: seen this a few times before, yeah. so it wasn't new to me. This one was not new to me. Um, but it feels – it actually feels much quicker than the second one, than Godfather 2. That whole Cuba stuff or whatever in the second one is, sure. like, very long to me.
2: <laughs> Can I uh- – break us away for just a nanosecond to more than a nanosecond to yes. to, to share s- show business anecdote please. Yes, please. i
4: thought you were going to say to use the restroom
2: <laughs> i would not have uh, made such a big deal out
3: of that <laughs> i
2: would have just got up made some hand gesture you two would have known to <laughs> yeah we would in real, it real time yeah <laughs> so uh we cuz we already mentioned a few good men and so i i it, it was my first introduction to names to be dropped later I'm Where's Waldo in that cast. I am surrounded by Mount Rushmore. Um, (laughs) And so in the making of any project that takes three or four months, you know, there are there are social gatherings. So it was my first introduction to that. Right. It was my first time on a private plane because uh, I showed up at set one day and Rob Ryan, the director who was I was friends with, um, said, have you heard uh, about uh, uh, the Vegas trip? No, I I I just got here. Oh yeah, we're going to get on Tom's plane, uh, Saturday. What? Go to Vegas. There's going to be cars waiting for us there. They're going to take us to the MGM Grand. We're going to be taken to a private gambling salon. We're going to gamble for several hours, take a break for a Chinese meal, gamble a little more, and then come back. We're not even spending the night. Jesus. So there were, a, <laughs> there were a handful of these. Also, when you, when you, the first time you, uh, valet park your car on a tarmac, <laughs> you you take notice yeah. I, And again As the as the new guy I really was fine If I had arrived And they had thrown me a vest And said We need you to help park cars Right That would have been totally cool I would have actually gotten a kick out of that <laughs> So Another one of those moments To get up to work Get to set Rob says Have you heard about We're doing Saturday night Godfather night What are you talking about Tom and Nicole's? So what <laughs> exactly so because Demi moore's in the movie and at the time she's married to bruce willis right so tom and nicole that's right tom was married to nicole Kidman at the time bruce and Demi. <laughs> kevin bacon's in the film so he and kara cedric wow exactly um uh who else was i know nicholson wasn't Chris Guest. there exactly um so uh godfather night is we're going to go to tom and nicole's there's a little cocktail reception and then we go into their private screening room at their house um, and we watch The Godfather. Then we break for a massively extraordinary catered Italian feast, lots of espresso, and then we go back in and watch Godfather too. <laughs> Holy <Wow>. moly. <laughs> it's, a, it's an eight-hour extravaganza. Wow. It's like get there at two.
4: Wow. Amazing.
2: Exactly. I've never done it since, but I've always thought... If there's a way to, because you you don't need a private screening room or even a caterer, but if there's a way that you had a circle of friends that you could gather for such an event, (laughs) it really was. I mean, tough to top that one, though. Yeah. (laughs) But you could do it with friends, sure. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Wow. Exactly.
2: But what a commitment.
4: Yeah. So, did you fall asleep?
2: (laughs) I think everyone did during Godfather Two because the you know the time suck of the three hour first one. On top of which, a by that point, you're starving, and there's a massive meal being served yeah. of carbs. Yes, extraordinary. Exactly. Yeah. And then you know it doesn't matter how many espressos you have. Right. You're passing out halfway That's through so Godfather
0: <laughs> 2, for sure.
4: Was it just like, hey, this is just a movie that we love, and so let's just watch it It was just, just
0: called Godfather Night.
4: That's so funny. And it
0: was ex- – Implying that perhaps he has this regularly. <laughs> orchestrated.
2: I mean, I didn't ask, is, yeah. have you ever done this before? I would assumed it would never happen before.
0: But um, man, oh, man.
4: Yeah. What a cool thing.
0: That is amazing. So right away when Brando starts talking in the movie, Carla said, why are you whispering? (laughs) (laughs) And then Carla threw in a make me enough or I can't refuse.
4: (laughs) I was not as good as Kevin.
0: No.
2: (laughs) Now, if if you'd not seen the film. Yeah. It's a little bit of a spoiler alert for that first line. Why is he whispering? Yeah. If you'd not seen the film and said that. So now you were saying it to make a joke. Cause when I listen to the podcast and you do these quotes, some of them seem absolutely genuine
3: <laughs> when you say
2: some of these comments. Are yeah. they always meant to just be
4: off? Sometimes I'm just m- messing handed, with Craig. Funny, yeah. Sometimes bald. I'm just teasing with, te- oh, okay. teasing with, teasing with him.
0: I think the more tired you get, the better the quotes get. Yeah. Because probably. you're not editing yourself and you're not conscious of me writing them down. But
4: this is also like something I do when I'm watching a movie by myself. <laughs> Did
0: you ask
2: you ask seemingly petty questions on yeah. purpose? Yeah, or
4: I say things out loud. In
2: an ironic way.
4: Probably. Yeah. That's great.
2: I do yeah. too I do too. We we do a thing at the house called a very Jewy Christmas Eve, <laughs> where we get uh Chinese from my favorite Chinese restaurant in Los Angeles, Yang Chao, in Chinatown. And I bring it home, and we invite a, ha- a gaggle of uh, Hebrews. Uh, there's usually a couple of non-Jews. <laughs> and then we watch uh, a screener from all the screeners that have been carefully selected for a very Jewy Christmas. Uh-huh. Wonderful. And we watch that. Whatever movie. the Jewish screener is. <laughs> it has you know. nothing to do with Judaism. <laughs> but, But, you know, the Jews... Historically, on Christmas Eve, we'll go to a Chinese restaurant right. That's just the thing. so we it's, it's all about watching a movie, right? yeah, yeah. Um, and carefully picking which movie to watch uh, from all the screeners because it's difficult. Have you seen this one yet? Oh you yeah, you yeah. right uh, so anyway
4: and then you talk during it.
2: So the point was, yes, thank you. The point is you can't help with gathered with funny people but to talk to her. do bits. Yeah. Do a bits. <laughs>
4: yeah,
0: That's what it's all about. I guess
4: Parasite was a different...
0: I mean, the movie better be good. A different
4: good. movie for
3: you then.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Here's another tiny Brando thing. Just when Bonacer brings up money, just like there's a little like wince on his face, like don't, don't even discuss me by bringing up money <laughs> into this. That's not what we do. For sure. And that was in my,
2: my uh, uh, more detailed notes that I took for that opening scene in terms of this is how this works. And the don't disrespect me comes from don't ever bring up uh, a number. Yeah. You're you're asking me for a favor. I'm going to, in turn, ask you to return the favor, and that day may never come. All those things that are (laughs) Italian Godfather 101 Mm -hmm. that this movie is an introduction for, Mm
3: -hmm. right?
2: All
0: in the first (laughs) opening scene. It's just incredible. Yeah. I did think watching it this time that yes, it's about the it's about the mafia, but it's more about a family who happens to be in the mafia, mm. I think. For the the picture or that scene, the the whole picture. Yeah, the whole movie is definitely about this family. And that's why Coppola is the best director because he for this project because he brings so much detail of his own Italian-American heritage into that and Importance I think a lot of family
2: of, and food and wine and yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That scene where Clemenza says, hey, Mikey, you need, may need to cook for 20 people. Let me show you how to make yeah. the pasta. First, you put in your tomato sauce and this, and you put in your, your, your meatballs and your sausage. Yeah, all that stuff is just <laughs> beautiful.
4: I I really want you to do a one-man show oh. <laughs> of The Godfather. I will give you a
2: date yeah. at West Side Comedy Yeah, I- yeah. And, and, and Michael Carleone's on the phone with Kay, and he can't say I love you back. Yes. And Clemenza somehow knows. He says, hey, Mikey, tell a girl you love her. Yeah. <laughs> I love you so much, it hurts
0: <laughs> Yeah. Now Clemenza was not asked to reprise his role for uh, Richard Castellano was the actor. Uh and I guess there's differing stories in why. I think we talked about a little bit of Godfather too, because Michael Gazzo playing Frankie Pentangeli basically is the kind of character that uh that Clemenza is in this first one, eventually betraying the family. Is
2: Clemenza spoken of in Godfather Two?
0: I believe he is. Yeah, he's referenced briefly Was there a
2: reason? that they gave in the film as exposition as to why
0: he's not I there? I think they say he passed away, I think. He's and the
4: heaviest set guy? The yes. Tessio oh, so to... and
0: Clemenza are the two right. like lieutenants. Right, right, Yeah. Right, right,
2: right. And so you're suggesting, or you've read or heard, that there was a reason that that actor did not want
0: to be in the second movie. Coppola said, I believe that uh castellano wanted to write his own dialogue for the second one uh and he also claims to have improvised the line uh take the gun leave the cannoli (laughs) or vice versa sorry (laughs) take the cannoli leave the gun that's why he was better for that role than me (laughs) and that's why you want him please leave that cannoli (laughs) whenever i do a hit i leave a box of cannoli (laughs) i took a
2: screenshot um, which does not play in a podcast, but for you two, <laughs> but for you two to comment Just for our own on, enjoyment, for you two to comment on the the composition in many of the shots is is truly extraordinary. Um, this particular one,
4: oh yeah, yeah, I I commented on that too. Yeah,
2: the Statue of is in the background. Yeah, it's incredible.
4: We were yeah. talking about that. I was and trying this, to figure out how they did that.
2: The shot lingers because yeah. what happens is they they they. Decide they're going to take Polly for a ride.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. And earlier, uh, Sonny says he's real nice to Polly to his face. Hey, Polly, you feeling all right? Maybe try a little brandy. It's good for the, get the, uh, the, clear you up. And then as soon as Polly leaves, I want you to take care of that son of a bitch <laughs> first thing. Right. So when we see the taking care of, of Polly, Clemenza picks him uh, uh, gets in the car. Polly's behind the wheel. Polly makes a comment, hey, so-and-so, do you mind sliding over to the other side? You're blocking the rear view. Yeah. Kind of subtly or not so subtly, letting us know, I don't want anybody sitting behind me, which we later understand in the (laughs) garroting scene of Carla. Um, but then they drive around New York. They drive the sightseeing. They're driving around and it's like, uh, it looks like a bad plate. Uh, quite frankly, in the filming of it, that they didn't really shoot it because it's a period piece. Right. Um, but they're driving all over. Suddenly, though, they're out uh, out of the city. And the first time we know this is when they drive along the 12-foot-tall weeds that eventually then I get like to take a pee. And so he probably pulls the car over. Clemenza gets out to take a pee. The, the, the comp- composition of this shot does not move. It is established. It is a wide shot. We see Clemenza get out. He walks forward towards the front of the car and out of the shot. And we stay on the car. We hear seagulls. We don't know why we're staying on the car. And then from the back seat, a hand is raised, holding a gun, and two single shots ring out, and Polly's done. Yeah. And then we cut to a close-up of Clemenza looking over his shoulder, still peeing, (laughs) making a little face. We stay on him. He zips up. And then walks out of frame, and we follow him back to the car, and then that's when he says, leave the gun, take the canoes. Yeah. I
4: got the I got the sense that they were trying to give him a, a nice, like, you know, like when you're putting down an animal and, like, you take them to McDonald's or something? <laughs> 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 like, they were trying to give him a nice afternoon driving around
2: <laughs> but the, t- but the, but, before uh, they kill him. <laughs> so, but, yeah, so my brain was spinning because it happens yeah. again with Carlo. Yeah. They, they keep Carlo around until Michael decides it's time to take, that he, you have to answer for Sonny's death. He then says, You're going to go to Vegas. Relax. What are you worried about? You think I'm going to make my sister a widow? An hour before he's yeah. the godfather of their child yeah. at the christening. So what, what are you worried about? I'm not going to make my sister a widow. Mm-hmm. You're going to you're coming to Vegas, you're gonna you're gonna go to Vegas. He snaps his fingers, somebody hands Michael a plane ticket in yeah. the airline insignia envelope. Yeah. Which he then hands to Carlo.
0: All oh, a ruse. Yeah. They're gonna come five minutes later. Whose fucking plane ticket was yeah. that? <laughs> it had to have been made out to Carlo.
2: Yeah. In case Carlo opened it up. Well, you got me a plane right, ticket. Right. All of that done just to what? Get him into the car?
4: I think so, and also to like make him not scared i do think like there's a courtesy that they're providing this
2: is what i was asked that i wanted to ask yeah do you think it was all the same way
4: because he is his brother in law he is the father of or the the godfather of his son and it's like a I'm
2: respectful not, death yeah
4: i'm not gonna freak you out and like make you miserable right before i kill you i'm but, gonna make you think you're okay because it's gonna be
2: you. more difficult to tenderize the meat later if the animal is freaked <laughs> out yeah <laughs>
0: Well, I think also the uh, Tessio's final moment also kind of plays into that, uh, but I, I want to wait till, uh, till the end so of that to beautiful. talk about because it it's so good. I got that notes on that. <laughs> um, yeah, I do watching these old movies get a little obsessed with actors ages too. And just also knowing that in older movies, everybody looks, it, it, it In different times, everybody just looked old. Everybody aged faster back in this time. So Brando, obviously, is aged in the movie, was only 47 at the time. Uh, Castellano, who played Clemenza, was 36.
4: Wow. That's (laughs) That's that's hilarious. That's
0: impossible to me. I'm going to turn 51 this year. Abe Vigoda? Sal Tessio was 51. No. Nope. <laughs> wow. He looked 70. The Godfather. But uh, Abe I think looked 70 since he was 30 they, they did
4: some hard living though.
0: They
2: did.
4: You don't yeah. you don't really do that.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> and period
2: clothing you look very contemporary yeah. which sure. keeps your age in
0: Yes. Yeah. I look older in drunk history. Definitely. That's exactly right. <laughs> By the
2: way, you're not wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've been trying to
2: talk you uh, out of doing the show. So I, <laughs> all, those,
4: all those tiny vests. It's from from you
2: from getting other work because I go, he's too old for this. Yeah. He's too old. Tiny vests don't help.
0: <laughs> um, it's, okay. the my, it's the name of my third book. <laughs> tiny vests don't help. Yeah. Uh, back to that opening scene. Carla said, I don't understand anything that just happened. It's okay. I get the vibe. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, Kevin, not to... Yeah. I mean, I'm actually glad that you went through that step by step because now I
0: have a much clearer understanding of the specifics of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think what it is...
4: I mean, I it, got the vibe. Like, he's respected. He gets what he wants. <laughs> like, I but understood. But if you were to watch
2: it like you were teaching a class... Right. You could actually break down every single move.
4: Yeah.
0: Every single word spoken.
4: Well, that's why I loved when you went through it because I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. That's right. That beat meant that... And yeah.
0: (laughs) But it's taken me multiple viewings over the years to piece together everything going on with the five families and everything, you know, like. You know, Barzini and uh Tattaglia aren't really characters. They're kind of peripheral characters in this, and they occasionally get a speech. But I think we're this uh, – a TV show with multiple seasons, Sopranos. You know, you'd cut to them and see a little bit of right. their lives and everything. Everything is centered through the Corleones.
4: Well, there are a lot of names. Yes. Let's be
0: fair for a second.
4: It's a lot of names to keep track and
2: of. And no uh disrespect to the Italian people.
4: Right, but they all sound the same. But they sound similar.
2: <laughs> they sound similar.
0: Yeah,
4: I like the idea of it similar, not the same. Yeah. Yes, when,
0: uh, when Michael's true. rattling off everybody he assassinated at the end of, like Stracci. <laughs> it's like who the fuck is Stracci? I wrote down. <laughs> I wrote down. He
2: goes through the names.
3: <laughs>
2: I, I, I'm so sorry, but I, you know, I, I, I wrote it down because it was ridiculous. Because <laughs> he says a name, Stracci, is one of them. We never heard Strauchi before. What are you talking about? <laughs>
3: uh...
2: Uh, go
0: ahead. I'm going to take a minute to actually find the fucking thing. Carla also on Brando. He's just impossible to understand.
4: <laughs> he is. Um, I, it's a cool choice. I get it, but it's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> Carla on Mama Corleone. Is that the only time we see his wife? You see the back of her head. Oh, no. I think you're talking about Tom Hagen's wife. And I think yes. you're right. We never see his wife either. Yes. Is that the only time we see his wife? You see the back of her head.
4: He, he says something to his wife. You see the back of her head and that's it.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I think pointedly, we'll talk about the final shot as well of just like women are not allowed in this world. Yeah, uh, no, it's very crystal clear, um, and it's and
2: it's a great depiction, I'm sure, of the time and the mentality. Uh, uh, Carlo, yeah. He, first of all, he says the name Carlo about 71 times in the scene. Yeah, it's almost as bad as Titanic. How many times she says Jack, and how many times <laughs> he says Rose? Uh, that's astonishing.
4: That's how I felt about Diane Keaton saying Michael.
2: Yep. They all say each other's Michael, names. constantly. Michael. You have to answer for to, for Santino, Carla. Mike, please. Barzini's dead. So is Philip D'Italia. Mo Green, Stracci, Cunio. Cuneo. Cunio.
3: Cuneo? <laughs> Cuneo?
0: And Culio also dead. Cuneo. <laughs> I mean Cunio. Yeah. Who is that, the guy in the
2: barbershop, the guy on the elevator? Today I settle all family business, so don't tell me you're innocent, Carlo. Carlo can only sob. Don't be afraid, Carlo. Again, he says his name at the end of every sentence. You think I make my sister a widow? I'm a godfather to your son, Carlo. No, Carlo, you're out of the family business. That's your punishment. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. And so poetic, as as Carlo, you were saying about a respectful end. To the man who, you know, married his sister. It's very
4: sad. Birth. I do think there's um so what's the daughter's name? Carlo's wife?
0: Connie. Connie. Connie.
4: And then what's um and Kay, right? Yeah. Okay. So I think that there's like a whole other movie with Connie <laughs> where she's the protagonist and like the The daughter of this man and the sister to these men, and having to marry this other abusive man, and then getting him killed and mourning that. Like, I do think that there are like interesting t- tales to be told that maybe haven't been covered uh, sure, of with the women in this world. Yeah, yeah.
0: Talia Shire does have a much bigger role in Godfather Three, partially because Duvall did not want to do the movie, and so a lot of the dialogue that they had written for Tom Hagen went to Connie. <laughs> In the movie, which that's is very so strange because it's not consistent with her character, and that's why it, it gets a laugh when she's like, "Now they're fear, now they'll fear you." And He says, "Maybe they should fear you." Yeah, what <laughs> you feel is
2: improvised.
0: Yes, <laughs>
2: because Pacino's just
0: had it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I, yeah, as somebody who's been doing a Pacino for years, yes. uh, contrast this more restrained Pacino of 1972 with present day full for Al. sure. Because when at the end of the film. Uh, before, as
2: Mo Shizlack Sch- 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 says, and he closes the door on Annie Hall. <laughs> <laughs> the last shot of the movie. Um, she goes in to say, is it true, Michael? Because Connie's just come in to say, you killed Carlo, you killed Carlo." That's what your husband is, he says to Kay. And then Ca- Connie leaves and Kay says, is it true, Michael? Don't ask me about my business, Kay. Is it true? Don't ask me. I've said, don't ask me. But is it true? Do- Enough! So it's the first time. Only time in the movie, right? He raises his voice.
3: Yeah. Slams
2: the table. And it's the beginning of uh, maybe a spark of an idea that goes off in Pacino's head the power (laughs) of rage. Right? (laughs) Because I argue there's a moment to completely derail this conversation. There's a moment in an episode of The Twilight Zone uh, with William Shatner where, where Captain Kirk is born. And it's not the famous one that everyone talks about with the monster on the wing of the plane. They're in a diner, a little devil head fortune teller. I know that one too. Yeah, And he's obsessed with – he won't leave the diner and he wants more information from the devil head uh, fortune telling machine that you keep putting a penny in. And his new uh, fiance or or bride says, are we just going to stay? She just had it finally. It takes forever in the episode for her to be done with it. But she's had it. She says, are we just going to stay here? And he's staring at it. And he says, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> and in that nanosecond, Captain Kirk was Oh, So good. And
0: so I wonder if enough if that's when
2: Pacino's brain broke. Yeah, yeah. Because then,
0: when you get into part two, you get in my house. Yeah, where my wife sleeps and my children play. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So he gradually began peppering it in more and more, and Justice for All has, I'm out of order, you're out of order. <laughs> yeah, know? and then eventually becomes, one of
2: America's greatest actors <laughs> wins an Academy Award for doing an impression of Foghorn Leghorn.
3: <laughs> and
0: sent the woman. I did see The Irishman at the Academy uh, at a screening about a month before it came out uh, with a talk back with Pacino and De Niro afterwards. So mm. that was the best way to see it, really. Sure, like, of course. You're sitting for three and a half hours, but ginormous screen, a thousand people yeah. in, in the theater, and you yeah. know that you're going to get to see the two stars yeah. uh, afterwards. And no
2: loud voice from Al afterwards.
0: <laughs> He's very
2: introspective and very quiet. And I don't, well, we had a uh, a task, we think, uh, to do a thing uh, for Marty. And I'm happy with the way it did. But, uh, that's the other thing about Pacino now. He's got to hand, very uh, syncopated, everything. <laughs>
0: I mean, yeah. And he was just right here in the room with us. That was amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Though I will say when the first question of the talk back, he kind of took his time and he said, I forget, I don't even remember what the question was, but his response was, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody, everybody in the room cracked up because I think Pacino unselfconsciously was doing the most Pacino Pacino amazing. right there in the moment. Meta. Meta. Uh, Where were we? We've kind of been jumping around. Yes, we have. Sorry. Um, Oh, it's good. Here's Carla and James Conn with the camera smashing. He's a real hothead, that Sonny Corleone. He's heightening. It's an improv scene right now. (laughs) And it turns out, as you explained it, according to James Conn, it it was an an improv improv scene.
2: (laughs) You knew.
4: I knew. But so no good improv when you see it.
2: Again, those choices are so specific to throw the camera and the way he, he stops himself. Every time, almost in the film, he loses his temper. He stops himself. Is he a,
4: is he a difficult actor to work with? What happened to his uh,
2: career? He, I uh, from I'm what I've I'm heard, I'm sorry, looking at you for gossip. But. <laughs> from what <laughs> give I've give us heard, the hot goss. Mm, <laughs> I've got the stink. What I've heard and read, actually, and and recently heard him sort of comment on. I think it was Mark Marin, Um, was and also Scott. Khan, his son commented on my dad was the, a, a real badass he wasn't a guy acting like a badass mm. he was a tough son of a bitch and yeah he carried that chip on his shoulder and it's it's often if you look at the trajectory of several careers when you do your greatest work at a very young age
3: mm.
2: not again the lightning in the bottle factor mm-hmm. um I often say, in terms of the usual suspects, if you want further proof that that film is lightning in the bottle, you needn't look any further than the fact that Stephen Baldwin's great in the film. <laughs> sure. Because yeah. he really is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And never again. <laughs> uh, so I think the difficult...
4: Stephen Baldwin is our number one fan. <laughs> I know. Steve, we hope you're listening. <laughs> no.
2: Yeah. Uh, when I first met Stephen, he was wearing leather pants. I should preface... He had not arrived on a motorcycle or a horse. <laughs> <laughs> he was just wearing leather pants. Okay. That's who so, he was. So, yeah. so, uh, I think James Kahn played the perfect part yeah. in the perfect film that was lightning in the bottle, that was brilliant beyond belief, that allowed him to show all of his colors, mm-hmm. not just rage and strength. And it is a, at times, very nuanced, brilliant performance, but without those opportunities, and they just don't come again in a right. lifetime. Yeah.
0: It's difficult to live up to one's potential. Yeah. Uh, also, great in misery though, as the uh, oh, as yeah, the victim yeah, yeah. in that. It that is great. kind of like the, the other side of a coin. And for
4: the boys, like I love that movie. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he definitely had other other James Cons oh, in him. Course. But, yeah, but like, reveal, yeah. I forgot about those things. But Sonny Corleone is
4: just yeah. iconic.
0: So iconic. Yeah, I think when you're strong out of the gates, it's not like Pacino and De Niro are not doing good work, you know, at this point in their lives either, but of like, you're, you're living up to that, to that reputation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always kind of say that two of my favorite actors are, are, Jeff Bridges and Jeff Daniels, who are more like, feel like, uh, they, they showed up in things in the seventies and eighties. And then the kind of the cumulative effect of like, you begin to see them in role after role and you get a sense of their versatility, but you get a sense that they're kind of, Building on mm-hmm. their craft and getting better. Jamie all the has time. a game called Bridges, Daniels, Pullman, Paxton.
3: Wow. There you go. There, yeah, those
2: would be in the same category. But too. Jeff Daniels yeah. is, uh, in my opinion, the greatest actor of his generation. Uh, no one even close. Wow, in terms of the diversity of roles, if you you need to go through his filmography yeah. and take a look at it that way. You can't think in terms of well, what has he done in the last 10, 15 years. You have yeah. really got to start from the very, very beginning and just go through she it is and, really and you wonderful. realize every role's been different um from the most character ugly work to uh a stunningly beautiful leading man
0: mm-hmm. in, like in The Baker Boys.
4: Right.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh when James Conn, when James Conn's wife is doing those gestures we were talking about, Carla said she's talking about his intelligence. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Johnny Fontaine, clearly not inspired by any famous Italian singer, right? (laughs)
2: Yeah, that, um, that, the scene of the, uh, uh, waltz, W-O-L-T-Z, even though it sounds like a different waltz, um, all of that stuff, uh, Th- those scenes from the jet landing in Hollywood and the music i I held up my phone with the Shazam app open, <laughs> hoping to get what that song was, thinking it was must have been a a piece of big pop, band standard or something but it, yeah. but it it isn't it was an original piece of score wow um perfectly yeah done um and uh w- and walking onto the the th- driving through the studio gates with waltz's name on the overhead thing and 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 then he walks onto a soundstage with those giant two-story sliding doors uh he walks from the sunlight into the darkness and then you see waltz taking a photograph with what we instantly assume is the young uh star of the film and then he's it walks right up to uh you know tom hagan says talk and um the words Hagen chooses are very specific. Mm-hmm. And, and Waltz's reaction is very specific. Um, I, I wrote down some of the dialogue because it's just so, um, it's so perfect. And the, yeah. the monologue that he then gives at the dinner
0: table as to why. Yeah. Uh, John Fontaine's Johnny not getting Fontaine's that picture. Not getting that picture. Yeah. Is extraordinary. <laughs> But Duvall, you just get the sense that this is the kind of thing he does all the time. Yeah. You know, from this one scene, you get a microcosm of Tom Higgins' role within the family. He's not a goon shaking someone down. He's a very professional lawyer. I have one client. Yeah. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the studio had such a hot head. Uh I was going to mention that th- there are a lot of deleted scenes for this movie. So I think ca- talking about the lack of fat, like Coppola really did a great job of cutting out things that, that covered exposition that you'd think we'd need, but you really don't. You understand it by watching the movie. And one of them is... Uh Hagen filling in the dawn about what happened with Waltz when he gets back to New York. You don't need that. You cut to the horse head That's <laughs> right. and that tells you everything. Because I, I think literally they sent Luca Brazzi out there and he did the horse head thing, but you don't need to know that. Nope. Right. You know? But there is one thing with the starlet in the movie who's a teenage girl, there's an additional scene of Waltz giving her a pony. There and then later, when Tom is leaving the house, you see that the girl is up there uh in the, on the second level of his house, and she's crying. And then her mother takes her back into the bedroom, implying that like they have some sort of deal wow. with Waltz, where she's living Wait, there. At the what house is? With what him. are you talking about? The teenage girl who's starring in the movie that Waltz is producing. Was this in
4: the movie or was no?
0: He- this is a deleted, oh, deleted scene. scene.
4: I'm sorry, I'm doing a terrible job of listening to you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh that's awful. I, it's absolutely awful and tells you exactly who yeah. who that guy is you or know? who that mother is so you never play clips from films right not normally no yeah is it a contractual uh, uh sure <laughs> <laughs> you got something you want to play no <laughs> i mean can you just do it for us? i
2: i uh I, I i don't know why i recorded these um This one says, my Kraut Mick friend. (laughs) I love that. Which is the way he sends Tom away the first time. I'm German Irish. And then the next. I'll tell you something, my Kraut Mick friend. Yeah. (laughs) Because he says every Italian slur first. Yes. Uh, (laughs) And then Tom just corrects him. I'm German Irish. Yeah. Uh, And then I've had him all over the world. That that man. I recorded. Um, And then the next morning, uh, there's that first sign of blood on the sheets near his shoulder. And you're thinking, what is that? Is this guy bleeding? And then he pulls back his, he pu- pulls out one of his hands. It's covered in blood. His pajamas are drenched in blood and he's panicking and starts quickly removing covers. And you're left thinking, did they cut off his feet, his legs? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had just never seen storytelling like that before. Mm-hmm. Show them, don't tell them. It was. So impactful, and then his guttural screams as a response to the horse mm-hmm. speaks so deeply as to we'd like the audience to know just what this horse means to this man mm-hmm. how, oh yeah how do we depict that in a nanosecond mm-hmm. followed by more support of this hypothesis mm-hmm. and it's 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 so
0: it's one of the most powerful things and 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 unforgettable moments in a film. People in 1972 must have been losing their shit <laughs> yeah. watching that scene. I mean, by present-day standards, the violence in this movie is not that extreme. But putting in the context of 1972, I, I think this was as gory for a mainstream movie as you could imagine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Also interesting to note, especially for somebody who maybe watches a lot of present-day uh, mobster tv shows or movies uh the f word is not used once in this movie that is extraordinary with all that violence and by the way i just want to
2: point out because we have jumped all over the place yeah we're we're talking about the opening wedding scene and everything that happens in the storytelling of who these people are and what this family means we have michael talking with kay um explaining how luca Brazzi made him an offer he couldn't refuse Mm -hmm. what do you mean Put a gun to his head and said, either your brains or your signature are going to end up on this contract. How he got Johnny Fontaine out of the contract. All of that stuff is in the first Mm -hmm. 27 minutes of the film, Mm -hmm. followed instantly by, you're on a flight tonight out to Hollywood, which is all this stuff, which speaks to the power of this family, right? What this family is willing to do to get what it wants, right? Which is then followed by Tom arriving, uh, uh, you're not too tired from your flight, the Don asks, as he sits with Don, the Don, Carleone, and Sonny, and Tom, just the three of them, to discuss this solazzo business. Mm-hmm. And conflict at 42 minutes is finally introduced into the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's not Save the Cat. This is not a present day, uh, it, tightly uh, programmed script. Right. Yeah. It doesn't follow... Uh, our our notions of how a script is supposed to go, but it, it gives you all the information you need to piece it together. Yeah. Yeah, when he has that line, that's my family, K, that's not me, Carla said. That's the premise of the whole fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also on Waltz, you said, uh, I love that he has an Oscar next to his bed. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> <And> <laughs> after the screams, you said, Tom Hanks does a great impression of that and you've got mail?
4: Yeah. <laughs> Watch it. One of my favorite movies.
0: I love. There's just those progressive cuts, getting further and further away from the bed, and then outside yeah. the
3: house. With the yeah. The last click.
2: shot is just from that backyard, that palatial home. So great. Yeah. Showing the power of Waltz Yeah. And and letting again subconsciously letting the viewer know, you see how powerful this man. Yeah. They got to him, and by the way, they got to him that night. Right. Yeah. Because the they next scene, fast. the I next imagine. scene is Tom. So that's why I don't think it was Luca, because Tom made a call on the way to the flight or before he got on the plane. It didn't go well, and he got the word, "What do we do? What's the best way to hurt this guy?" Well, yeah. he loves this horse. It's six hundred thousand dollars on hooves, mm-hmm. and someone decided on a phone call. Uh, so they must have been local hire.
0: <laughs> We've got a guy.
2: Yeah,
4: we got a guy. We got a horse
0: killer guy who's out there already. I
4: imagine Tom did it himself. <laughs> Just kidding.
0: No, that's not what he does. That's <laughs> he not what he does.
4: He doesn't get his hands dirty. I know.
0: And then uh, later you see those rows of like, oh, yeah, Johnny's starting in that new film. Yeah, the flowers yeah. come in the room.
2: Yeah. What's on this? Johnny got that picture started.
0: Yeah. Would you get the impression that maybe the Don doesn't even know how they shook down Waltz? You know, he doesn't need to know that, you know? Right. Yeah. He just knows that it was taken care of. That's exactly right. Uh, you know this thing of oranges meaning death? in the godfather films whenever we see oranges somebody's about to die or or be shot who decided that i think just people on the internet all right (laughs) i don't know if coppola if if coppola did it uh then it's a it's a wonderful subconscious choice but you know you've got uh the don buying the the oranges Mm -hmm. at the market before he's assassinated you've got uh brando putting the orange in his mouth at the end before he has the heart attack so maybe it's just specific to the don dying (laughs) (laughs) But also when Kay visits the compound, when Michael's in Sicily, she's wearing a garish orange hat and dress, which is right before Apollonia is blown up in mm-hmm. the, uh, the and car. And Sonny
4: is killed, right? Uh,
0: the
2: scene where they sit at, they sit at the little outside cafe and they're describing this beautiful girl they saw mm-hmm. to the owner of the establishment and it ends up being her daughter. The whole way that that is played also is don't tell me, show me. I mean, it really is extraordinary. Yeah. yeah.
0: Fredo kind of mostly peripheral in the first one until we get to Vegas and he's given a little more responsibility.
4: It's such a great Which
0: speaks to change. the power of John Cassell. It's been said over, is it Casale?
4: Casale, I think.
2: Casale, I think Cazale. I say, yeah. Yeah. Um, it speaks to the power of him as an actor because mm-hmm. he uh, did so few films and so little work and is respected and revered as one of the greatest actors of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, three or five Academy Award. Five movies for all best picture nominees. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're right, Carly. He's not in the film that much. And he, every time he's in the film, when his father is assassinated unsuccessfully, the choices mm-hmm. to crouch down and weep as opposed to call somebody. Yeah. And then that shot not on his face, over his shoulder as he's looking down at his father crying and then yells, Baba! <laughs> I mean, I, you know. Yeah. There's no small parts, just small actors, and that's a perfect example.
4: My favorite Pacino and John Cazale movie is Dog Day Afternoon. Oh,
0: for sure. Right.
4: I love that movie which
0: we covered early on mm-hmm. on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm partial to maybe saying that Dog Day is Pacino's greatest performance just cuz he does so much so. in it, but he is so powerful the restrained Pacino in Godfather, especially the following the arc of this character from kind of quiet younger brother into being the don and literally, you know, Being called Don Corleone at the tail end of the movie. The hair that swoops
2: down onto his forehead when he's not the godfather or a part of the family. The choice to to make that hair on his forehead as opposed to combed back. Um, They want to meet with me, right? (laughs) Okay, so we pick a public place, a bar or a restaurant, somewhere where there's a lot of people around. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to frisk me when I first get there, right? So I can't have a gun on me. But maybe there's a bathroom, a place where we can have a gun. But if Clemenza can put a gun back there, I'll kill him. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, in that moment, and there's a. That's again a very slow pushing of the camera. It's all in one.
4: Yeah. yeah. Well, he kind of comes into his own. When he stands outside with the florist or baker
2: or who is that to protect? That's the, uh, baker's son.
4: The baker's son. yeah. And Enzo. Enzo and his hands. I'm Enzo, the and baker. he goes to, he goes to light his cigarette. Yes. And Enzo's hands shaking and then Pacino looks at his own hand and realizes he's not shaking. Like for me, that's the moment where he realizes so he cool. can be.
2: Yeah. I think it. In charge. I agree 100%. I, I would even back it up and suggest a slight prelude to it is when he says to the nurse, do you know who my father is? Yeah. There are men there coming here to kill him. you got to help me move him. Yeah. And just taking control. It's the mm-hmm, first time we've mm-hmm. seen him totally um, take control.
0: Yeah, so who knows if this is Pacino's best, but it's one of the best performances of all time. Yeah. Pacino in this movie mm-hmm. is, is so good. Uh there's that line at the beginning of Annie Hall where he's like, I'm, I'm standing here with the cast of The Godfather. Yeah. One yeah. <laughs> of those guys... His name is Cuneo? Is, is, oh, sorry. Well, I don't know if it's Cuneo <laughs> or <Stracci>. Um <laughs> uh, But that actor who's accosting Woody at the beginning of that movie is an extra in The Godfather. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. There's a reference to Kay as some girl and you said, it's Diane Keaton, bitch. It's not some girl. <laughs> nice. Yeah, the ridiculous hair. She's yes. all forehead in that film.
4: Yes, yeah. <laughs> Her eyebrows are super thin.
0: Apparently, Khan also improvised the bada bing, bada boop. Yeah. <laughs> Which now, bada bing, because of the Sopranos, sure. is such an iconic mob bada reference. Bada, bada, bada yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sterling Hayden is the corrupt police captain McCluskey. Uh, McCluskey. Spectacular. Uh, Just beyond belief. And I started watching The Killing. The, oh, uh, he's fantastic in oh that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, we Very covered Sterling early. Hayden when we covered Dr. Strange of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but especially uh, he's got so many lines, uh, when he's trying to like, I've frisked, frisked a thousand young punks. punks. Guess I'm getting too grouchy in my old age. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry laughs> and and my personal favorite, how's the Italian food in this restaurant? <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> Small
0: hole in the wall. Clearly the best Italian you've ever had.
4: <laughs> I love that he puts on napkin. Um, what is it? In his collar? Yeah. Like he's a child about to eat.
2: Do you discover uh gaffes on the show? Sure. What do you got? I have a pretty big gaffe on the killing of McCluskey. Yes. Have you ever noticed it? Uh Uh-uh. So he shoots him twice, once unforgettably in the throat. And the way that Sterling Hayden acts, (laughs) that beat of a man who's been shot in the throat is one of the most unforgettable deaths, personally, uh, I've ever experienced in going to movies. There is a wide shot that I'm about to show you. That shows you Michael holding the gun and McCluskey uh, grabbing his throat. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two distinct shots, one to the throat, one to the forehead. In the wide shot of the throat shot, McCluskey already has a red bullet hole dot in his forehead. <laughs> oh, no. oh, wow. Yep. That's a pretty clear he gaffe. He was dressed for both
4: interesting by
2: uh, special effects makeup
4: did you just find that yourself or did you read about it that's incredible
2: wow and then the next shot is Michael a shot of Michael pulling the trigger and a shot of McCluskey taking the forehead Wow. they are two separate that's
4: crazy Yep. yep, yep. can you um, text those to Craig so we can put those up be happy to thank you
0: there's also apparently a wide shot in Vegas when Michael and the family are arriving where you can see like two like hippie looking guys who are clearly from the seventies in the background, <laughs> yeah. which about, I, I never noticed, but I read about today.
2: Uh, my other one I, I filmed uh-huh. off the TV. So it's going to be pretty horrible. The bad punch. The bad punch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: What was the bad Cause
2: punch? it's all in one and it's Sonny beating up Carlo.
3: Oh, oh When he drives oh, oh. over yeah, and throws yeah.
2: the, the bad at him or whatever it was. Yeah and then get kicking him and hitting him with the trash can. It's all kind of brilliant. Yeah. yeah. But there is a bad punch. Have you, do you want to see it? Sure, I'll see it. Um,
0: a clear swing and miss from James Cobb. The second punch. Oh,
4: yeah, yeah, I see it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Carlo, now, if they were
0: shooting f- from his back, that, that would look like a perfectly good stage punch, right? Carlo, as an actor, takes
2: the shot. Yes. Totally. As, as if he's definitely being punched. <laughs> That's great.
0: I uh, I dated a girl from Staten Island when I was in college, and everybody in her hometown there had some connection to somebody who had worked on The Godfather in some way. Wow. And I think uh, Gianni Russo, who played Carla, was a family friend. I- I've come wow. to know Johnny. Um, we
2: did a movie together um, that was the last film to co star. Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor.
3: Wow.
2: Pryor was already suffering from, I think it was MS that ultimately took him. Yeah. Uh, He was already suffering pretty badly from that. So the film is very sad to watch, Mm. which is why ultimately it's not remembered or did any box office because he is clearly ill, Mm -hmm. um, which is not great in a comedy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to have one of the comedic giants uh, co-lead be physically yeah, yeah you don't want to be thinking that the whole time you really don't right right It undermines
3: <laughs>
2: your your freedom to laugh. yes um but so Johnny Russo was in that, and we've 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 sort of been friendly ever since oh, and cool. I saw him recently at Rayo's of all places, one of the great mob joints in New York, but they have one in Los Angeles, which I highly recommend it's a phenomenal restaurant, but I just saw him and and he was gathered with, uh, some people. In with the Godfather. Oh, and he stopped. And Jamie's family was in town. This was over the holidays. And we had this big deal. So then Carlo from the Godfather stops by our table <laughs> that's to say so hello. Crazy.
0: It was the greatest
2: moment. If you want to up-
1: feel
0: like a big shot at oh. an Italian restaurant, that's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah.
3: that's Holy amazing. shit.
2: Because he is the epitome now with the gold and
0: the teeth. Uh. And he's super handsome. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. When Michael's hiding out in Sicily uh, and proposes to uh, to Apollonia, or yep. pr- proposes to her father, technically, yeah. Carlos said, is this like a week after he got there? What about Diane Keaton? It <laughs> <laughs> does happen fast. And then it's of Sicily. You said, I love how in this world it's either young, beautiful women or super old. I need to take a nap. I birthed a lot of babies. I need to drink some whiskey, ladies. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> There's yeah. nobody in between. No,
3: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: On that famous shot of uh, Michael and Apollonia on their wedding night, Carla said, ugh, boobies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for a 15-year-old Kevin, I'm sure that was a <laughs> 14- <laughs> memorable scene.
2: 14-year-old, they might have been the first boobies I saw in, in a movie
0: theater, <laughs> now that I'm thinking about
2: it. Yeah, they probably were. And um, she was so angelic.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and um, and I, I I can't remember... Uh, whether I was embarrassed or aroused, quite sure. frankly, there's a chance I was both. <laughs> uh, yes. Right, a right. Combination of both. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Typical. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was certainly worth shooting all those sequences in Sicily because it really kind of drips with authenticity. Super powerful. And also, he's got to go away for a year. Mm-hmm. Or at
2: least. How, how long before I can come back? Michael asked. Uh, at least a year. I don't know. Sonny says. <laughs> and, um, so we have to, you know, there's two ways to do that in this storytelling world, right? Um, Jesus, it's been a year already, you know, yeah. and he's just yeah. back, or you spend time and money to do that. Yeah. yeah. And it was to me unbelievably powerful.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of this, this calmer, more. Uh, bucolic sequence compared with all the new york stuff too like you really feel the heritage of where they came from mm-hmm. a
2: town called carleone
0: town called corleone mm-hmm. yeah
2: which is where you understand the name came from
0: my single favorite scene too is when fabrizio his bodyguard uh, when you see him running leaving, away. and you see it dawning on michael of like where michael says in italian where are you going yeah that, that that's so well done um
2: monday tuesday thursday (laughs)
4: friday
0: yeah she knows english sunday
4: (laughs) saturday
0: when michael shows up at K school after he's been back for a year also yeah that was that is a jump ahead in time
2: it's almost a weird yeah why would you say that yeah right
0: right i just got back yeah
2: (laughs) you don't have her ask yeah yeah um i didn't know you were back
3: Covers her
0: side of it just as well. Right. From a writer standpoint. Good thing Kay hasn't moved on, right? Yeah. <laughs> She's had plenty of time. Uh, she's walking Uh, she's a school teacher walking with a bunch of kids as Michael stops her uh, then we just stay on Michael and Kay and you said where'd all those kids go <laughs> hopefully there's <laughs> another teacher accompanying them down the street I always
2: thought that she was kidnapping them
0: <laughs> and once Michael showed up she let them go <laughs> she a, had turned to a life of crime that's herself that's such a good movie yeah. <laughs> Kay the kidnapper <laughs> When Pacino first kind of assumes that uh, position in his father's chair, that kind of like leg <laughs> over leg, you know, posture. Yeah. You know? Uh, and then I, I forget who he's. I think he's probably talking to, to Tom Hagen there. You said, Michael's turned into a real dick. <laughs> you're out, Tom. Yeah. Uh We're making a move. You're not a wartime concierge. You're out. James Caan and Abe Vigoda, of course, Jewish actors playing Italian. And then you've got Alex Rocco, Alex Rocco, an Italian actor playing Jewish. As Mo Green, his entrance
2: into that
0: scene. Yeah, I mean oh. Mo Green, in terms of like iconic movie characters with maybe two minutes of screen time, truly, it's got to be up memorable. there.
2: I watched and rewatched seven times minimum. Him taking the bullet to the eye, trying to figure out how they did this. How do they do it? Because, uh, in one seemingly uncut shot, one angle. He is on a massage table. Someone comes into the room. He picks up his uh, eyeglasses, puts them on, looks straight ahead. A bullet shot first uh, shatters one lens of the glasses. His head moves as if he's been shot. And then he weirdly and slowly lowers his head onto his hands as the blood starts to rush out of his eye. And I thought, why is he moving so slowly and weirdly. If you get shot in the head, wouldn't your head just fall to the ground? Yeah. Why is it the slow resting your head down? Um, and the only thing I, the blood had to have been an effect that they did after the fact. Mm. Uh, but I think the shot to the glasses was an effect as well. But they just told him, you just need to move your head and slowly lower your head. You've been shot in the eye. Really? There's still no explanation in my brain as to why he slowly lowers mm. his dead head onto his hands or dying head. Um, I, uh, maybe
0: I was thinking reverse. Sometimes they reverse, right. uh, mm. a moment like that. Craig's listeners, if you know how they killed Mo Green with movie magic, please let us know. Yeah. yeah. We'd love to know. Yeah. But all the, uh, Fredo taking sides against, uh, the family with Mo Green, like that, that relationship, which has presumably taken place over the last year in Vegas is Mike. <laughs>
2: You don't come into a town like Las Vegas and talk to so a man great. like Mo Green like that. <laughs> it's
0: the first time. I was making my bones when you were going out with cheerleaders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fredo, you're my elder
2: brother, and I love you, but never go take sides with someone <laughs> against the family again.
0: Yeah. He was banging cocktail waitresses. Two, two at a time. They could get a drink at the table. <laughs>
2: so great. <laughs>
3: Sorry. Uh,
0: I had to straighten
2: him out. You had to straighten out my better? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm gonna post actually the, uh, the AV Club has this regular column, Random Roles, where they talk to an actor, particularly a character actor who's done a lot of different things over the years. There's an absolutely fantastic one with Alex Rocco. Uh, not only Mo Green, but is the, uh, the, the studio head behind Itchy and Scratchy sure. and, and Simpsons. Uh, I forget the name of the character, but that's one of the best random roles that I've ever read. If Jamie were here, she could tell you in a heartbeat <laughs> the name of that character. Uh, and then you've got the, the famous sequence of the assassinations intercut with the baptism of Carlo and Connie's uh, baby, played by Sofia Coppola, by the way, mm-hmm. as an infant. I had heard, and I would love your listeners to
2: to put this to rest, that that was not in the script. Uh The killing of the heads of the five families to coincide during the christening—it was—it was, it was created. That moment was created in editing. Really? That the decision to blend them both together, which is beyond brilliant—the sacred yeah, and the profane. Great. Yeah. Do you renounce Satan? Sure. You know, I'm <laughs> killing a bunch of people at this very moment, but yeah, yeah, I renounce them. Um, yeah, to cut back and forth like so that. So great.
0: Uh, I mean, if that's an editing choice, like, that's an absolutely brilliant choice. By Coppola and the editor, of course.
2: Um, but still, uh, I, I'm dying to know if that was in the original screenplay or whether it was crafted in the editing. I mean, clearly it was crafted in the editing room to
0: deliver on the promise of a screenplay that Mm -hmm. laid those things out. Yes. But what a climax to this movie. Oh, ridiculous. And just seeing the, like, the little details of, of each of the hitmen getting ready. You know, we don't know what they're doing. Like Al Neri's like, like waving the car around, giving a ticket to the guy. You I know, wrote he's down a, as a
2: cop. I wrote down a beautiful little transition. and uh, again, in directing 101, if you're going to be a brilliant filmmaker, the fake cop who spills in a small apartment, uh, a fake badge and a gun onto a top of a bed as he's getting ready, then brings a handkerchief to his forehead, which fades cut into clemenza coming up the twisting stairs wiping his forehead with a handkerchief carrying yeah. the big box long and oddly shaped which we later know carries a shotgun um, so cool. those kind of little subtleties if yeah. you're studying how to make a perfect film yeah don't miss that
0: <laughs> in reading trivia on this this was my single favorite detail that i learned al martino A then-famed singer in nightclubs was notified of the character Johnny Fontaine by a friend who read the eponymous novel and felt Martino represented the character of Johnny Fontaine. Martino then contacted producer Albert S. Ruddy, who gave him the part. However, Martino was stripped of the part after Coppola became director and then awarded the role to singer Vic Damone. According to Martino, after being stripped of his role, he went to Russell Buffalino, his godfather, and a crime boss who then orchestrated the publication of various news articles that claimed Coppola was unaware of Ruddy giving Martino the part. Damone eventually dropped the role because he did not want to provoke the mob. In addition to being paid too little, ultimately the part of Johnny Fontaine was given to Martino.
2: Without a dead what? horse. Without having to <laughs> kill <Yeah>. a
0: horse. <laughs> well, as far as we know, yeah. Just the correctly uh, planted Yikes. newspaper article. So he Yikes. went to his godfather to get in the movie. Genius. That's crazy. Here's the additional detail that... Uh, that Crime boss I just mentioned, Russell Buffalino. That's who Joe Pesci plays in The Irishman.
3: Whoa.
0: Oh. I didn't watch that. (laughs) I tried. You don't have three and a half hours to spare? Nope.
1: Uh, Where are my keys? I can't (laughs) find them. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Chrysler.
0: (laughs) So, Kevin, I'm guessing this is an A movie for you. It's a perfect film. It's a perfect film. Yeah,
2: which, by the way, I listened to your uh, It's a Wonderful Life with uh, Paul F. Tompkins, which was a tremendous episode. I highly recommend it to you. anyone. Um, another perfect film. And uh, I always feel a little embarrassed to, when people ask, what's your favorite movie, to say It's a Wonderful Life because it's just considered this family Christmas movie that youngsters are forced to watch that their parents still like. Uh, but I promise you it was a perfect film from beginning to end. And I agree. With, I believe it was Craig who said it's my favorite male performance of any film of mm-hmm. all time. Yeah. Um. It isn't a – talk about age. He goes from 19 to 45 or something like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's a perfect film. And, and so I feel like The Godfather is also a perfect film. And there are very few movies that you can say from beginning to end. It's just – it's actually perfect. Yeah. For you, Carla?
4: Yeah, it's great. It's an A-plus for me. What's A-plus. the
2: top grade you can get? A-97 pluses? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think so.
0: Okay. It stops at 97. Okay. I do yeah. think
4: it's... I'm glad that we watched this one so closely to Godfather 2. I guess that was like a year ago. Yeah. And I <laughs> I think this is better than Godfather 2. Godfather, also
0: damn good. It's damn good. It's instead of the best sequel ever. Yeah.
4: I mean, I, Godfather 2 is great. I gave sequels, it an A plus, right? Or an A? I think a? you gave
0: it a straight up A. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
4: I mean, it was great. But this is... I'm glad that this is number two on your list, I guess is my point.
0: Yeah. By the way, it's also number two on the AFI list behind Citizen Kane. It's number two on the IMDb list under uh Shawshank Redemption. So I guess it's the consensus number two movie of all time. Wow. <laughs> but I think that does say something that Godfather is something we can all agree on. Like everybody may have their personal favorite, but of like, yeah, and then Godfather. <laughs> right? well, that's funny. Right. That's how it ends up number two. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Kevin, you want to do a little khaki theater with us? Of course. Improvise a little scene? You didn't ask me what A-plus stood for. What does A-plus stand for, Carla? <laughs> Al
4: Pacino!
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Al Pacino, you want to play Pacino in this scene? Uh, I would this love to. Great. Now, you, do
2: you want 1972 Pacino? Do you want... 1994 Pacino artist choice 2020 artist
0: choice okay what if what if you know they never make Godfather 4 right well i guess <laughs> does he die at the end of 3 you know maybe he does um but let's say for some reason they're making another sequel to Godfather uh i'll i'll be Coppola <laughs> Uh, you can be uh, Diane Keaton as Kay. But I don't
4: know what happens in Godfather 3.
0: Oh, no, doesn't matter. Nobody does. Okay. It's not continue. Okay.
4: Does. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. So uh, this is just, uh, yeah, Francis uh, directing Al and uh, Diane in a scene. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. Okay. Guys, guys, it's so great to have you back on set. Oh, uh, just uh, old times. You know, feel free to have some of my wine. Uh, I've got some lasagna uh, that's freshly made here. No carbs, Francis. I'll take all the carbs.
4: Okay. I eat like you would not believe. I have a, a a a a giant bowl that I carry around with me, and I put all the carbs in it and I consume it.
1: And a
0: tapeworm, occasionally.
4: And I occasionally a tapeworm.
0: Diane, you are an absolute nut. I love you. Well. <laughs> um, okay. So in in this scene, um, uh, Michael and Kay are are, are reuniting. Uh, you sure you don't want any lasagna? Uh, it's, it's I, so good. I, I enjoy looking at the lasagna. I'm fine doing that. Okay. I'll yeah. eat
4: his lasagna.
0: <laughs> All right. Please ha- have a bite. It's absolutely delicious. da, La- There's regot There's, la-di-da. Ragot, there's ragot in here. There's gabagol. Uh, there's gabagol. <laughs> I didn't realize I have a gabagol. Okay. Maybe okay, I'll have a bite. Can, can we cut out just a piece of the gabagol for, uh, for Please. now? A
2: side of gabagol.
4: I'll take a gabagol. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then ab- I'll gab ab- while I go with it.
2: <laughs> I was once haunted. Ah, uh, by a ghost. Really? I I didn't realize it was an Italian ghost until he said Gabigo.
4: <laughs> All right, Al. Well, you're just being such an Al right that's now. That's a joke.
0: <laughs> that's an that. amazing paranormal story, Al. <laughs> I mean, that's, that. that's fantastic. Francis, I gotta
2: ask you about the scene. Yes, yes. Uh I don't get it.
4: I oh. have a follow up question. How many times do I get to say, Michael?
0: <laughs> okay, well, in, in, in this sequel, Michael has lost some of his power. All oh. right, and and Kay is in charge of the family now.
4: Well, doesn't that feel right?
0: It does feel right, you know. So, so we're giving a little more power back to the ladies, you know, because the 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 first movie famously closed. I don't know if you saw it, Al, with uh, the door being closed on Kay's face. Yeah, yeah, there was a reason for that. Yeah. That's
4: right. My face was the last thing that anybody saw in that movie.
0: And what a face!
4: What a face! One of the best face ever. All forehead.
0: <laughs> okay, so uh, what, what are you talking about, Al? Do you want to rewrite some of your dialogue, like like Richard Castellano? Or he- I,
2: no, I think it's great. That Kay is the head of the family. I just want to say less, not more. Okay. I would rather be reactive uh, to what
1: she's saying because you got a big speech here, right? So I think I'd rather just eat lasagna.
0: I'm already eating, eating, eating it. <laughs> okay. Well, half the lasagna is gone. Can we get another pan of lasagna in here? <laughs> Okay. Michael. Uh whose keys are these by the way? I can't find my keys. Don't <laughs> <Stop> my keys. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yay! What a button. All improv
4: what scenes a with button. Kevin Pollack what from a now button. on. Uh, so
0: what fun. a delight to have Kevin Pollack on this podcast. Uh, we honestly could talk to you for hours about... Uh, we sidebar. I think we did. We did. Yeah. This was a three-hour uh, episode of Craigslist to honor the Godfather. Almost well, two. <laughs> Uh, but thank you so much, man. Thanks, what a delight. Kevin. And, uh, my pleasure. I, I had a feeling this, uh, movie would be important to you. I didn't realize, uh, to Just what degree. Just how. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, all, all the great observations and and everything. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, what do you want to plug? You got anything coming out?
2: Uh, Mazel uh, you got your marvelous Mrs. Mazel waiting for you on the, uh, on the Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got uh, a couple of movies that came out. Uh, Three Christ. Based on a true story, uh, with Richard Gere and Walton Goggins, and cool. um, oh yeah, I saw the Peter Dinklage, that. That really good. Yeah, uh, yeah, Bradley Whitford, a bunch of great people. Um, Teacher came out at the end of the year. That's a scary, scary movie. Um, Apparition is another scary, scary movie. A couple <laughs> <of> scary movies. <laughs> um, and what's the other one that's about to come out? Oh, goalie! If you're a hockey fan at all, the true story of Terry Sawchuk who was uh, this famed goalie, one of the last goalies uh, who played uh, the game without a face mask, which was uh, how they did it back then. And not only took a lot of pucks to the face, uh, enjoyed it. Oh. Yeah. And I play uh, Jack Adams. Uh, Mark O'Brien, brilliant actor, plays uh, Terry Sawchuk. He's the center of the story. And I play the uh, great longtime general manager of the Red Wings. Um, Very cool. Jack Adams. Yeah.
4: Awesome.
0: Really cool. Uh there are unfortunately no Kevin Pollack movies on my top on my top one hundred. Really the suspects There's didn't so get the good them? ones. I, I do love usual suspects. I love a few good men. Avalon yeah. is a, a, a great movie. I did have another Barry Levinson Baltimore movie on there, but is there any movie of yours from the past that you feel like has not been seen enough or you, you would like people to, to know about?
2: Uh there is. It was um, one of the few times I was number one on the call sheet. It was a little political thriller, uh, written and directed by Rod Lurie, whose next written and directed movie was the contender with Joan Allen and mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges and Gary Oldman yeah, which is kind of brilliant um, and it's called deterrence okay uh, uh, where I play the president of the United States um, and and uh, he was a guy Rod was a guy I knew f- through poker um, who was a film critic and then became wanted to be a filmmaker and he said I've written the script cool. I'm halfway through it I'm realizing I've written it for you and um, what is it about it's the first Jewish president and I said so you want me to star in this. So you want no one to see the film? <laughs> um, but he did a great job justifying how, uh, how a Jew got anywhere near the, the, big seat. Um, and, uh, it, it's a very tight political thriller and, um, cool. And, and, this, uh, prevalent today. I have one screenshot of a gaffe. Please. One more. Is it too late? From uh, deterrence. Uh, nope. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> From the Godfather. <laughs> yes. Uh, during the climactic, uh, killing the five families guy, guys uh in the uh revolving door where this guy is taken out yes oh yeah two shots are fired the first one shatters the glass the actor reacts as if he's been shot maybe the squib didn't go off but there isn't blood coming out of him until the second shot but the first one does shatter the glass and he again acts
0: like a guy who just took a shot
4: funny uh, yeah
0: and they must have not had an, enough time to to do multiple takes of this, so they must have in the editing room room just be like, "Well, we got to go with what we got." There. Francis, it's not, it's not like they did not Francis, it. I don't have another revolving door glass <laughs> pane to Let's replace. Let's do that improv scene. <laughs> we got one take. We got one take. Have I mean. some on. It's all right. Yeah, uh, Carla, we are nearly done. <gasps> with this sucker
2: oh congratulations also last i just want to plug alchemy this uh, of course all improvised comedy podcast that you've both been on uh carla as a brilliant guest and craig as a founding member and uh super super proud of uh, of what's happening on alchemy this all improvised comedy podcast was seen suggested by listener emails
0: Check we it out. put it out twice a week, every Tuesday and Thursday. The cast is hilarious. Kevin oh, right. is a, a fantastic improviser and host. Oh, and, thank uh, you for that. We do live shows as well uh, at the Westside Comedy Theater in Los Angeles. And, uh, First to Sunday set up, of the month. Trying to set up some more road shows as well. We had a great one this year at San Francisco. Uh, SF Sketchfest. But yeah. yes. First Sunday of every month at Westside Comedy Theater. But yes, Alchemy of This. Uh, if you're not already listening, well, what's your deal? What's mm-hmm. your problem, man? Don't you want comic relief? <laughs> if not now, when? When? Uh, so Kevin uh,
2: Congratulations Kevin. to you both By the way Three and a half years And do you already have it set When you're doing The final podcast I know you've picked the movie But
4: No Because it's a real Long movie
2: Ah We've got to get you To watch it first Yeah It's
4: got Yeah
2: Okay Let's not give it away even It could I'm... be
0: another Three and a half years Before the final episode Will air But uh, but we're getting closer To our final episode
4: Which we're not going to say Right
0: I, th- I don't think We're going to say it Carly you've got one pass left
4: I know I do I've saved one pass For the first movie <laughs>
2: <laughs> that would be the most brilliant thing that ever happened <laughs>
4: or the most rude
2: <laughs> no no not or both
4: <laughs> and, yeah, that's an and and the most rude yeah i haven't decided if i'm going to use it or not yet
0: so craig's listeners we'll see you in a week a month a year soon will carla watch the movie will she take a pass we
4: don't know we wake up every day and we don't know what's going to happen
0: This was an absolute pleasure and a joy for me to
2: be a part of. Seriously. Kevin,
4: I'm so happy you were able to do it. Thanks for doing it. Thanks
2: for stopping by. Our pleasure. Pack up your shit. (laughs) Get out. The list is an absolute good. The list is
3: life.